the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. They think, well, that, this is what I've got to do. This is our only hope. This is our only, you know. And they could seek God. They could ask God for help. They could ask God to deliver them. They could call upon the name of the Lord. They could ask the Lord to direct their steps and give them wisdom, but they don't do that. And sometimes people are like, what do you mean pray? I, this is an emergency. We need to do something. I don't have time to pray. I'm going to take action. But take start tearing down this house so we can build up the wall. When your circumstances are dire and your situation is desperate, you may be tempted to just dig in and fight. Immediately move into action in order to rescue yourself without looking to God. You may even think you don't even have time to pray. Yet Pastor Dan will explain today, God says, Turn to me, pray to me, and ask me for help. Seek the Lord's guidance and wisdom in even the most dreadful situation. Moving forward in your own strength and wisdom will always fail. The Lord is your strength and hope. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. did inaccessible things for the people of Jerusalem in their past. He's delivered them in the past. He's got this record, this track record with them. He's done it before. He can do it again. If the people would just call on him, if they would just ask for help, if they would just pray. But you probably know the story. They didn't. Even though he has this perfect record, even though he's done it before with the Assyrian army. Same situation, same circumstances. God delivered them in the past. He delivered that city in the past. But this time they don't call on him. Instead, look at verse 4. What do they do? For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the houses of this city, Jerusalem, and the houses of the kings of Judah, which have been pulled down to fortify against the siege mounds and the sword. What did the people of of Jerusalem do? Instead of calling on God, they started tearing down their houses and dismantling their houses and using the stones from their houses to build up the walls of the city, to make their walls thicker and higher, to try to keep the Babylonians out. Instead of calling upon, upon God, they started knocking down their houses. They relied upon their own Ability, their own strength, their own ingenuity. And I want you to think about this. Think about what it's saying. The the people were so panicked and so desperate 
that they tore down their own houses to build up the walls. They destroyed their homes. And to them, that's better. That's a better solution than taking time to pray. And ask God for help. And people still do that today. Maybe not physically, but people will, you know, they get in a situation where they panic and they hit the panic button and and they do something drastic and dramatic that ends up tearing down their home, tearing down their family. And in the end, ultimately, it doesn't work. It doesn't save them. It doesn't produce what they wanted it to produce. They don't get the results they thought they would. And they think, well, this is what I've got to do. This is our only hope. This is our only, you know. When they could seek God, they could ask God for help. They could ask God to deliver them. They could call upon the name of the Lord. They could ask the Lord to direct their steps and give them wisdom, but they don't do that. And sometimes people are like, what do you mean pray? This is an emergency. (laughs) We need to do something. I don't have time to pray. We've got to take action. We've got to start tearing down this house so we can build up the wall. You know, years before this, when the... uh, the Assyrians threatened to attack Jerusalem. The people of Jerusalem did the very same thing that they're doing here now with the Babylonians about to attack. They, they, they tore down their houses to use the stones from their houses to fortify the walls of the city. In fact, you go to Jerusalem today, uh, there's a section of the wall that they built in the days of Hezekiah. It's called Hezekiah's Wall. It's still there. Uh, it runs right through the middle of the city, the old city. Uh, a portion of this wall where they tore down houses to try to fortify the wall because the Assyrians were going to attack. And the Lord spoke through the prophet Isaiah and rebuked them for doing it. And basically said to the people, what are you doing? What are you doing? In fact, I'll read it to you. Isaiah chapter 22. You don't have to turn there. And it's interesting. Isaiah 22, it says that the people went up on their housetops. The people in Jerusalem Because the Assyrians were invading from the north and they could go up on their housetops in the city and they could look to the north and they could see the cities to the north of Jerusalem were burning, that the Assyrians were destroying every city they came to. And so they began to tear down their houses to try to build up the city wall before the Assyrians get there. And so that's what they're doing. In Isaiah chapter 22, verse 10, it says, You numbered the houses of Jerusalem and the houses you broke down to fortify the wall. You also made a reservoir between the two walls for the water of the old pool. There's the pool there of Siloam. The the water source for the city was actually outside the city wall. So they built a tunnel, Hezekiah's tunnel, to bring the water into the city. So they had a, a water source inside the city. They tore down houses to build up the wall. And then the Lord says to them, but you did not look to your maker. Nor did you have respect for him who fashioned it long ago. You're doing all these things. You're building a tunnel and bringing water into the city. You're tearing down your houses. But you never bothered to look to your maker. You never bothered to pray. And ask God for help. You're just running on your own ideas here. But you're not asking God for help. Now, we, we go ahead and here we are now. It's the Babylonians are outside the city. Same circumstances. And again, they start tearing down their houses to build up the walls instead of calling on God. Even though God promises here He will do great and mighty things if they would just 
call on him, but they don't call on him. Look at verse five. They come to fight with the Chaldeans, that's the Babylonians, but only to fill their places with the dead bodies of men whom I will slay in my anger and my fury, all for whose wickedness I have hidden my face from this city. Their plan is not going to work. The city will be filled with dead bodies. They're going to lose to the Babylonians. Now look at verse 6. Look at the promise in verse 6. Behold, I will bring it, the city of Jerusalem, health and healing. I will heal them and reveal to them the abundance of peace and truth. God will bring health and he will bring healing to Jerusalem. Now, you look at the situation and on on a human level, a horizontal level, what they need is a way to defeat the Babylonians. And what God says is what they need is to be healed. They need to be made healthy. They're sick spiritually. The reason that the Babylonians are coming to attack that city and destroy that city is not because of any political reason. It's a spiritual reason the, the people, the city is sick. It's sick spiritually. They need to be made healthy spiritually. They need spiritual healing. Uh, in, in fact, this word here, when it talks about uh, health and healing, the word healing it's, it's literally the idea of, of uh, receiving new skin. It's, it, it's describing them as having leprosy. You're full of leprosy. You need new skin. If you remember back in Isaiah, when we studied through Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 1 there, the Lord also described them as being full of leprosy. He said, from the, from the sole of your feet to the top of your head, you're just completely filled with leprosy, with just corruption. You know, you're, you're wholly given over. And then, you know, the final stages of it. And here he's, he's describing the same thing. They need to, they need to be made well. They need, to be, they need health. They need healing of their sin. Just like we need it, right? Our, our issue with sin you know, we, and we could have pointed to a bunch of things on the horizontal that were symptoms, but the core problem in our lives was sin. We needed to be healed of our sin problem. We needed new skin. We needed new life. That's what Jesus Christ provided for us. God will bring healing. He'll bring health to Jerusalem. He says they will enjoy abundant peace. I will heal them and reveal to them the abundance of peace and truth. You just call on me. I'll do things that are inaccessible to you. Things that you can't do for yourself. I'll I'll bring health. I'll bring healing. I'll bring an abundance of peace. I'll bring security to you. Again, the same is true for us spiritually. God brings healing and health and peace. Peace with God. The peace of God. He brings security into our lives. Ultimately, he's, he's, when he's talking to Jerusalem here, he's, 
He's talking about the kingdom age when Christ returns to the earth and rules as king of kings from Jerusalem. At that time, they'll have health, they'll have healing, they'll have an abundance of peace and truth. And I will cause the captives of Judah and the captives of Israel. Notice both Judah and Israel he's speaking to here. To return and will rebuild those places as at the first. And remember, uh, the, the ten northern tribes of Israel, they were carried away as captives to Assyria about 135 years before this. They haven't existed for an, as a nation for over 130 years. But he's talking about this future restoration when the entire nation of Israel becomes one again and is restored back into their land. Look at verse 8. I will cleanse them from all their iniquity. I have that word all circled in my mind. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. I will cleanse them of all their iniquity by which they have sinned against me. I will pardon all their iniquities by which they have sinned and by which they have transgressed against me. Notice it talks about sin and it talks about transgression. Sin is missing the mark. I'm trying to do what's right, but I come up short. Transgression is when uh, when you know, I, I mark a line in the sand and I say, don't come across this line. And you say, oh yeah, watch this. And I'm going to walk right across. I don't care what you say. That's transgression. I know it's wrong and I'm doing it anyways. And what does God say here? He's going to forgive all their iniquity, the sin and the transgressions, both, all of it. He's going to cleanse us. This is, this is part of the new covenant in Jesus Christ that we saw back in chapter 31 where God forgives All our sins, all our sins are removed by the blood of Jesus Christ. He takes away our sins. And now God sees us as if we've never sinned at all because of Jesus Christ. He sees us as holy, blameless, and above reproach in His sight because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. Verse 9. Then, again, He's looking ahead to the kingdom age. Then it, Jerusalem, shall be to me a name of joy, a praise, and an honor before all nations of the earth. Jerusalem is not an honored by all nations on the earth today. This is is yet to happen. We're looking ahead to the kingdom age when Christ is reigning. Who shall hear all the good that I do to them They shall fear and tremble for all the goodness and all the prosperity that I provide for it for Jerusalem. Now, again, at the time that Jeremiah received this message, Jerusalem was desolate. 
It was on the eve of destruction. The city is about to fall. God's people were full of fear and trembling because of the Babylonians. But now he says in the future, looking ahead to when Christ is reigning, the people would be fear, full of fear and trembling because of the goodness and the prosperity of God. Isn't that awesome? How God is just going to flip the whole thing for them one day. Verse 10. Thus says the Lord, again, there shall be heard in this place, in Jerusalem, of which you say, it is desolate, without man and without beast, in the cities of Judah, in the streets of Jerusalem, that are desolate, without man and without inhabitant and without beast, the voice of joy and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the voice of those who will say, praise the Lord of hosts. For the Lord is good, for his mercy endures forever. And of those who will bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. We've done that tonight. We brought the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. For I will cause the captivities of the land to return as at the first, says the Lord. He's talking about the the sounds of joy and gladness and celebration that will be in the streets of Jerusalem one day in the future when Christ returns and Christ is reigning from Jerusalem. As he says this, as he says this to Jeremiah, the streets of Jerusalem are filled with sounds of death, sounds of mourning, sounds of grieving, weeping, crying, groaning. But God promised one day Jerusalem will be filled with the sounds of joy and gladness, with families celebrating, people praising God. You know, Orthodox Jews today who live in Jerusalem, they read verse 11 at weddings in Jerusalem. The voice of joy, the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, and the voice of the bride, the voice of those who will say, Praise the Lord of hosts. Praise the Lord. For the Lord is good. For His mercy endures forever. They read that at weddings in Jerusalem today. This is, I mean, this is a total reversal from the judgment that Jeremiah described would come upon Jerusalem. Uh, in fact, go back, um, go back to chapter 7 of Jeremiah. Verse 34, chapter 7, verse 34. Then I will cause to cease from the cities of Judah and from the streets of Jerusalem the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, for the land shall be desolate. Over in chapter 16 of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 16. Uh, Verse 9. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will cause to cease from this place before your eyes and in your days the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride. Nobody's nobody's getting married uh, during this time. Uh, Chapter 25. Jeremiah 25. Verse 10. Moreover, I will take from them the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom 
and the voice of the bride, the sound of the millstones. So they're not going to be working. And the light of the lamp at nighttime. No one's going to have their lights on. There'll be darkness. But now you come to verse 11. And he's describing Jerusalem and the future when Christ is reigning. And there's the voice of joy and the voice of gladness and the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride. The voice of those who say, praise the Lord for the Lord is good for his mercy endures forever. God will reverse all of it and restore back to Jerusalem the joy and the gladness and the celebration that they once had. Verse 11 also indicates uh, the temple will be rebuilt after the exile in Babylon. It says those who will bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. So even here, as the, the, you know, you're kind of on the eve of the destruction of Jerusalem, the destruction of the temple, God is promising that the temple will be rebuilt. And we know under Ezra, uh, the a remnant came back to Jerusalem and rebuilt the temple. Verse 12. Thus says the Lord of hosts, in this place which is desolate, without man, without beast, and in all its cities, there shall again be a dwelling place of shepherds causing their flocks to lie down in the cities of the mountains, in the cities of the lowland, and the cities of the south, In the land of Benjamin, remember Jeremiah is from Benjamin. And remember in the last chapter, he bought property uh, in Anathoth, his hometown, and Benjamin. In the places around Jerusalem and in the cities of Judah, the flocks shall again pass under the hands of him who count them, says the Lord. And this is describing the peace and safety the people of Israel will enjoy. It's talking about the shepherds causing their flocks to lie down out in the out in the fields. Uh, shepherds uh, take their you know take their flocks out into the fields, out into the wilderness. But they can only do that in peace and security. They can't do that when an enemy ar- army has occupied the land, as it is at, at this point with the Babylonians. But it's describing a day when once again the people of Israel will dwell in safety. And security where the land will not be filled with an enemy army and shepherds will lead their flocks once again out into the fields. They'll cause their flocks to to lie down again. That's an indication of peace in the land. We know from Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. He causes me to lie down beside still waters. Sheep are skittish animals. They're easily frightened. They're not going to lie down if they feel unsafe. The people of Israel will one day feel safe in their land. Hasn't happened yet. But when Christ is reigning, they'll have safety and security. Now, verse verse 13. I like verse 13 because I like geography. And it describes the different geographic regions of the land of, of Judah in particular. You've got, it describes the cities of the mountains. That would be the mountains of Judah, the Judean mountains. Jerusalem was in, is in the Judean mountains. The cities of the lowland, the Shephelah, that's, that's the hill country. He 
That's all we have time for today on Ring of Truth. If you'd like to hear more teachings from Pastor Dan, we invite you to visit our website, calvaryec.com. There you'll have access to our library of previous messages available to listen to online or download to take with you on the go. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Each time we post a new teaching, you'll get a notification and be able to listen right away. We're so blessed to be able to provide you with insightful messages taken straight from the pages of God's Word. We pray you've been encouraged today by what you've heard. We'd like to take a moment to ask you to partner with us as we continue to build this ministry. God is using programs like Ring of Truth to share the message of the gospel through a virtual mission field. Now, more than ever, people are being reached through radio and online teachings. We're so glad we can be a part of it and we're eager to see where God will take us next. Would you join us in seeking God's will for this ministry? We'd also ask that you keep our listeners in your prayers, that they'll be open to how God is speaking to them. We know God listens to the prayers of His people, and we appreciate you partnering with us in this way. Thanks for joining us today. We encourage you to take the things you're learning in this study and apply them in your daily life. In our next edition, Pastor Dan will continue teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Jeremiah, here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and what I know because I know his voice, and it only takes Rings true.